0: Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern-day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, welcome back. Week three of I Was Made For What? I Was Made For What? Series foundation you were made to go, to go into all the world to make it better, to build people. God said, do this, do it in my name, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll be with you wherever you are. And so week one was presence. We talked about your presence in people's lives and how that has to be with God's presence in you, going with who you have. Week two, we talked about your uh, passion, your purpose, really, going with what you have, knowing, this was last week, knowing that you're born talented, you're reborn gifted. And today, week three, we're going to talk about um, your passion, God through you going where you are. If you missed the two prior weeks, make sure you get that. You need to remember that if you're a believer, you're gifted. If you're a believer, you are gifted. You cannot believe and not be gifted because God's Spirit gives you something special. And so now to go where you are, you need to go with what you have, and you must go with who you have. Those are the first two weeks. So here we go, stepping in to week three. What you have is a gift. We covered that last week. But if we're going to go deeper in that this week, um, and we're going to go deeper than that this week because being gifted can be confusing. Being gifted can be confusing, especially depending on what your church background is, where you grew up, how long you've been here, and what you came into today's message believing. And so then what are gifts? And that's sometimes been weird in, in, in church history. It's really weird. So your gift has been called just that, but it's also your purpose. It's been called your calling. But today... I want to bring clarity and application to your gift, specifically what God's placed in you. Now, to understand your gift, we need to bring clarity to what a gift is, right? Now, there was a bunch of confusion around, around this topic and around spiritual gifts, even back in Bible days, when the Bible was being written, when Jesus was walking the earth, when Jesus had ascended and the disciples were going, there was a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion then, just like there is now, so there's not really been much change in that. Matter of fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, about spiritual gifts, the spiritual endowments given by the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant about this. Okay? And so I didn't leave you hanging last week on your gifted. Good luck. We're gonna cut, we're gonna keep going. And, and I've been wanting to preach this message, um, this series for the last five years. And so I'm 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 super thrilled to be in this week and really excited to, to close this thing out next week. So don't miss it. So this verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 1, should make you feel good, should give you some confirmation that even though uh, you don't know what that means or what we don't know what that means, they didn't know then either, and we just kind of figured out that's what this verse is here for. And so in the Bible, the word gift is used a lot, and it's used in several different contexts, and that's today's point. Today's point is to make sure that you know what a gift is not so that you can go where you are gifted. In what you have and, and know what your gift is. And so note takers, here we go. The first gift that the Bible talks about is the gift of eternal life. This is pretty simple. This is not the gifts that we're talking about. The gift you have, you've been given the gift of eternal life. This is the greatest gift of all, right? It's free to all. This is a gift that's, that you would get on a birthday or on Christmas. It's given to you. It was given to you by God. It's free. It's undeserved and it is unearned. You just get it because God so deeply loves you. And we see this in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, and we like to say, well, it's green, blue, brown, no, no, no. God so loved the world and every human being inside of it that he gave his only son, right? And so then you're loved by God. The scripture that backs up the fact that you have the gift of eternal life is Romans six twenty-three. And Romans six twenty-three says, For the wages of sin is death. But the, but the free gift, if you're writing or highlighting, the free gift, you can highlight that. The free gift of God is his unremarkable, overwhelming gift of grace. You can underline grace there if you'd like to believers is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The free gift is eternal life. It's a free gift given to you undeserved, unearned. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You just have to receive it and accept it, right? And so to break this down, it's simple. You're a human being. The Bible says we've all fell short. So even if you've only ever committed one sin, Jesus would have died for that sin. And if you've ever committed one sin, the payment for that sin is death. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. The payment for your sin then is death, right? But hey, good news, good news. Somebody came, paid for the sin that you've committed, that you have already committed, that you will commit. He's already paid for that. Somebody else died for you and they died for you so you could live forever. And if you're in the room, I would say, and everybody said, amen, right? The wages of sin is death. So then the, the payment for one sin is death. Somebody came and paid and, and paid for every sin in the face of the earth. And how he did that was lived a perfect life. He lived sinless to cover our sin. And so the second gift, so then the gift of eternal life is what you give with the gift of Jesus unearned undeserved you get it just like a birthday gift the second gift the bible talks about and it talks about it a lot especially throughout the new testament is the gift of the holy spirit now the word gift is used in conjunction in the scripture or in this gifting rather the word gift is used in conjunction in conjunction to the person that jesus christ gave, gave, gave us when he ascended to heaven and so then here's what happened he says, hear me, you're not going to be able to handle the things of the earth, right? You're not going to be able to handle earth by itself, especially in 2022, y'all. So trust me in this. So I'm going to give you my spirit, and I'm going to give you my spirit so you can win where you are, and you're going to win the battles that you're going to face now, and then until I return. And I'm always with you, but let me give you, let me give you my spirit. He says, trust me, you can't do earth by itself. The scripture that backs up the gift of the Holy Spirit is where you see in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And it says this, While being together, he commanded them not to leave, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he had said, you have heard me speak, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized and empowered and united. We've been talking about being united a lot, one body, right? And united with the Holy Spirit, not long from now. God's Spirit, my Spirit in you is what he's saying. And what, what he said when he when this scripture, what is going on is, is he says, I want you to have access to more than just your own abilities. I want you to have access to more than just what you can do. And that's who the person, that's who the gift, that's who the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is in you. That's what it's all about. So those two gifts, the gift of eternal life and the gift of the Holy Spirit are great. But they're not, not the gifting that we've talked about last week or this week. Or the gift that we'll talk, finish talking about next week, right? And so the gift we want to clarify more than any is your gift. The Bible calls it a spiritual gift. And so then at this point you should go, okay, I'm not confused so far and I feel really good so far. I'm sure glad we covered uh, those last two gifts. Now let's step in to this, to this next one. You should, feel, you should feel better, okay? If you're going to go where you are, you need to know what's in your toolbox, You have to know what's in your toolbox. I can't go to, to, you know, unscrew a Phillips head screw with a hammer. I can't. I've got to know what tools, what gifts do I have? What's God placed inside of me? So for more context on how you're gifted, you need to go back to last week's message to get the foundation of that. But to know why you're gifted is what we're talking about today. And the truth is you're gifted because of grace. Grace. You should write GRACE in all capital letters if you're taking notes right now. By the way, if you're joining me online for the first time, this is the online message. I do this for you so we can have this time to sit down and go deeper, get real and get better. And so you're gifted because of grace. You are gifted because of grace. Remember, Jesus is two things. He is grace and he is truth. God is love. God is truth. A gift comes. You're gifted because of grace. That gift is a grace gift. It's a grace gift. You get that gift because you are loved by God and you're given his spirit when you receive salvation. Romans 12, 6 says, in his grace, you can underline grace. In his grace or highlight, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So then to go with as much faith as God has given you. Go with all the faith you have. What do you mean, me, what, you want me to go with all the faith that I have? How do you want me to go? I want you to go in his grace with the gift that he gave you. This is what Romans is telling us, okay? And what's unique in that scripture, if you want to go to a little bit of history, a little bit of Greek Greek uh, language, what's unique is both the word gift and the word grace come from the same word in the Greek, which is charisma, charisma. Yeah, he's, charismatic, he's charismatic, he's a pretty charismatic person. Charisma is the root of that, which is just an awesome charisma. Charismatic, that freaks people out sometimes. It's a super churchy word that we don't use anymore because it scares people, okay? And what you need to see is both grace and gift come from the same word, but they're used with different application. It's crazy how the English language can complicate things. And so the root of charis or charisma means this, to be charismatic, even though Western culture has, has really made this word into something weird. It simply means somebody who has a grace gift. Somebody who has a grace gift. God so loved the world that he gave you Jesus. That's the gift of eternal life. The gift of his spirit is when we receive Jesus and the spirit comes to live inside of us. Now, Now, this grace gift, what's this grace gift? This is somebody who is gifted. And so I want to highlight Romans 12, 6 one more time. In his grace, God has given us different gifts, okay, for doing certain things well. So then go with the faith you have. Go where? Where you are. Go where you are. We got to start there. We got to start there. I'll never forget when uh, we were leading, we were leading and I realized we were doing some silly outreaches way far away from where we are. And I thought, man, we're never going to connect people two towns away to this town. And so we should probably start going right here. Go where you are. Go where you are. And so then somebody's gifted, right? Now what does that mean? Not gifted in, like they can handle snakes. It's not the charisma we're talking about, right? This is not somebody who can run around this building with flags and <laughs> right? No tambourines, no weird noises, no outbreaks, no Tourette syndrome right? No Tourette's. What this word is saying, what the scripture is saying is somebody who has a grace gift. Somebody is gifted. So today, as you sit here, there, I believe, and we intro last week that all of us have been gifted. We've all been gifted. You can't believe and not be gifted because when you confess with your mouth and believe you're saved, you get God's spirit. So today I want to tell you that the gift you have is a grace gift. You're given it because you're loved, because God loves you. So then your grace gift is not talent. It's not intellect. It's not education. It's a gift that God gave you for the purpose of your fulfillment and impacting the world. Spiritual impact, kingdom impact, right? It's called a grace gift because it's easy for you as well. It's another reason it's called a grace gift. It's easy for you. You have the grace to do it. You're motivated toward it You're passionate about it. You see things through this lens, and it's easy for you because you love it. You love it. And so for me, it's easy to stand up here and do this. In fact, I love. this is my favorite part of the week is doing this message. It's my favorite part of the week. You know why? Nobody's falling asleep in that corner. I don't have a a grumpy um, elder sitting over there shaking their head at me. I don't have people dozing off. I don't have people getting up and going non-stop during the message, it's just you and me. And so then, it's easy for me to stand here and do this. Now for others, this ain't easy. Why? They don't have the grace to do it, and they don't have the gifting. They don't have the grace or the gift. They can force it though, they can sure force it, right? And so then, I don't wanna make you sick to your stomach and tell you that God's called you to do something that he didn't, because God's never gonna grace you or gift you with something that he's not called you to do. right? So then others of you love to do the detailed stuff behind the scenes. Now that's the stuff that makes me sick, right? I'd lose my mind if if all I had to do was sit at a computer all day and type. I can't, I just can't do that, right? And the point that we see in Romans 12, 6 is you have a grace gift. Every one of you have a grace gift and it's important to me and it's more important to God that you understand that you have to have a gift in you because of the grace that he gives you because of the gift of his spirit inside of you. It's a grace gift. And so then, now we have greater context for this word gift that we are given throughout the Bible. And we're challenged and reminded once again by the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave you. Crazy what the word, what, what the, word the meaning behind fan into flame means today. What does that mean? To stir up, to blow on, right? Let's get that thing hot, ignite it, give it some life, fan into flame, right? Fan into flame. Second time I've thought about Dennis the Menace in this message. Get it some oxygen so it burns and so it reaches its full potential so that you can make an impact where you are so that we can reach the world, right? And so now, why we're talking about this today is... It's taken a while is because there are so many people who believe gifts don't exist anymore, that the gifts have died. And a lot of people think that when the last of the 12 apostles passed away, died, that the gifts died with them. And I'm here to tell you that that is not true. That's not true. That theology and that way of thinking. And believing that the gifts are gone and lead you to believe that the gifts were only needed for the Bible days. But God needs gift for every days, including yours, right? You know why? Because we're still in the Bible days. Gifts didn't die in the Bible days because we're still in the Bible days. We are alive and well in the New Testament, and we haven't seen the end yet. We know what the end of the story is. We know what the end of the book says, but we ain't there yet. We're close. Maybe. Right? So that means we're still in the Bible days. That means gifts still exist. That means God is waiting on you. And God expects you to use what he gave you so that we can see more people come to Jesus. So where we see this in the Bible is in the book of John when Jesus says, I've done great works. It's my favorite verse. I've done great things, but I'm going to the Father and because I am, you'll do even greater, right? You're going to do greater because I'm going to the Father. That leads me to believe full well that our gift mix, what God's given us, is what we have. And He's with his spirit, he's given us the power and the authority to go, and we should have the confidence and the boldness to believe that and the trust in him to go as well. And so greater works happen when his spirit in you and the gift in you comes to life, when we use what he gave us. And my encouragement in all the gift talk is this, regardless of where you are, where you come in, or what your past is, or your background, or any of that, whatever your doubts are, do not let anything that God created scare you, one. 2 don't let anything that the world thinks keep you from being all that God has created you and called you to be. Don't keep what the world thinks. Don't let the world keep you from using what God gave you. The Bible encourages us to eagerly desire everything God has for us. In today's world, that's hard to do because everybody wants to, they don't want to fan that flame. They want to smolder that flame. They want to put it out, right? And so, a little trust in your creator is going to go a long way when it comes to going where you are. Yep, he has, given me, he has given me this, and so I'm going to go in it. And we all, when we go where we are in the gift that we have, we advance God's purposes for the world. Right? Ain't too many people doing that. That's why this message is so important. Last week we learned that we sharpen our skills, our gifts, in the church, in the body first that not neglecting to meet together is important, that stirring one another towards good works is important, that iron sharpening iron is important. We need each other. That's why the gathering is so important, right? Now, because we neglect to meet together, because we don't fan into flame the gift that God's placed in us, 87% of people who believe in Jesus would say, I have no clue why God put me here. I don't know what that gift is. I don't know why I'm here, and I don't know what I'm doing. Now, think about it like this. Could you imagine? Because when people think that, that's how the body feels, right? That's how the whole group of believers feels when we show up on Sunday. 87% would feel like, mm, I'm not sure, Lord. Can you imagine if 87% of your body didn't know what it was doing? Didn't know why it was here? Didn't know how to function? Can you imagine if 87% of your body was like that? you'd probably be dead, invalid at best, vegetable, 87% of your body didn't function. So when we wonder, what's the church's problem these days? The, the church's problem is 87% of us don't understand and don't use the gifting that God placed inside of us. So then we have, we must do this, Right? That's why this series is so important. So the truth is when the body of Christ does not reach its max potential, it's because individually we aren't functioning properly. We're not functioning at our max potential. And it's because every part, each of us haven't realized what God's given us. Right? And so you might ask, then, okay, Dusty, what do we do? What do we do? I'm so glad you asked. 1 Corinthians 14.1. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also earnestly desire Spiritual gifts. God, what did you put inside of me? I'm going to go in love, love above everything, love covers everything. By the way, if everyone operated in love instead of demanding it, the world would be in a better shape. If everybody, if everybody would just operate in love instead of demand it, we would be in way better shape. First Corinthians 14:1 says, let love be your highest goal. That's a two-way street, not just receiving it, but giving it also and giving it more. It is blessed is it? to, uh, you're more blessed to give than to receive, right? And so then let love be your highest goal, but you should also, but also, second, after love, because it covers everything, it's above everything, after love, seek your gift. Seek your gift. Now, love is your motivator. Follow it. Receive it. You can only love because God first loved you. So then. If you don't believe that God loved you, you're going to struggle to love you. Therefore, you're going to struggle to receive love. But you will demand it and you will want it and you will need it. But you won't know how to identify it because you don't know what it is. Right. You can only love because God first loved you. So if you've experienced God's love, then you can go in God's gifting. Well, that's good. If you don't believe and you haven't wrapped your heart around what God's love is for you, you just identified your first step. Well, I see God as this mob boss who's, no, he's not. It's not him. God is love. For God so loved that he gave, God gave, and God gave you grace. God gave you a grace gift. God wants you to operate in that grace gift so we can see more people follow Jesus and come to Christ. So we can all dance with God in heaven because God wants all of his people in that special place, the human race. Okay. So for God so loved You. You got to unpack that. And I can tell you 10,000 times, but until you're open to receive it from the Lord, it's not going to do anything. And that's just the truth. That's why I want you in the Bible. I can share this with you, but until you open the Bible and read it for yourself, that's when life change happens. That's when the word of life, it comes to life in you and your heart, right? So if you get it and understand it, then God has given you more and you understand the grace gift he's given you. So I just need you to pray about what your next step is inside the body of Christ, where you live where you live. There are opportunities everywhere to get plugged in and use the gift that God gave you. Well, I don't know. I'm going to get paid for that. It's not about that. We, we, we sing. Here we worship in three ways. sing, we sow, and we serve. These are the only three things in your whole life that take your whole heart. They take the focus off of you, singing, worshiping God. The focus off of you, sowing, Giving back the focus is off of you. Serving, giving back the focus is off of you. These three things take your whole heart. That's why God honors them above everything else. You know what else it takes? Love. I've got to love God to worship him. I've got to love God to serve others, to help, to help get others to him. I've got to love God even more and understand what God's given me so I can give back to him. That's love. So pray about, pray about what your next step is. Now here's the deal. I'm passionate. I believe God's to me. The reason I'm here is to help people find where they fit. What does God put on your heart? I want to help you get to that place because how you're made reveals what you're supposed to do. How God made you reveals what you're supposed to do. And I want to jump into that. And so then God knew you before you were born. He formed you in the womb. How he made you points to your purpose. It's what you're supposed to do. And when you're in it, you find life, you find fulfillment, you find that purpose we're talking about. The Bible says that your gift will make room for you. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. I don't know if you can get much favor, much more favor than the great. You want to learn more about gifts, about spiritual gifts. Please read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this week. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's take a look at what happens when we actually operate in our gifting, when we go where we are, right? When we operate in our gifting instead of operating in a need. By the way, I don't need you to serve, and and the local nonprofit, the local church, any other place, they don't need you to serve. They might say that because they feel the weight of the burden of the mission they're trying to accomplish. You're not needed. You're not needed. I need you to help me move, right? We all know what that, we don't, serving is not a need, it's an opportunity, right? Using your gifting is an opportunity, it's not a need. And so then, if we're gonna operate in our gifting, we need to know that this is an opportunity because of something, somebody needs what I have. Now, I I can lift heavy things, and I get asked all the time, hey man, will you help me move? If you help me move, I'll do I'll get the pizza. And I'm like, I do pizza once a week with my kids, man. I don't need pizza, okay? But out of the goodness of my heart, okay, because I like to pick things up, I'll help you move. That's a need. Well, I'm only gonna help that person move so many times where I'm like, nah, man, you got it. Like, I can't do this anymore, right? You serve out of gift and opportunity, not out of need, okay? Not out of, not out of need. And so you want to know why there are only six served team members here is because, because everybody feels the need. I don't want you to feel the need. I get the people who are here go, what else can I do? Nothing. I want you to do what brings you life. Why? Because you'll grow in that area, and you'll make us better in that area if you just stick to what you're doing. I know that you have more, but, but I don't want to pull you from what brings you life. What brings fulfillment? I don't want to pull you from what God put in you and how you're using that here to help people experience Jesus, right? So then I don't want you filling needs. I want you fulfilling purpose. I don't want you filling needs. I want you fulfilling your purpose. I want your heart full. God wants your heart full. When you do that, God uses you to bring others along, which is special. So here's the analogy. Most of you are going to go to church at some point this week. If you're watching this on Sunday, you're going to, go to, you're going to go to lunch, or you're going to sit around a table, and so we've got this table side of the table set. Let's pretend that we're all at lunch today. We're at this real big fancy place, by the way. They've really decked out the table, and they made it super nice for us. And we're going to lunch. And let's just say that we're at a big old buffet, but it's not the Golden Corral buffet. This is really nice. It's like a Ryan's Steakhouse buffet, if you've never been to Ryan's, okay? And we booked the banquet room. And we booked the banquet room because we're bougie like that, all right? that's why we did that and so and as we're all gathered around the table we're all gathered around the table and we're eating somebody walks by our table and drops their plate it's an accident but somebody drops by the table now listen it makes a noise and everybody goes what we all turn and we look right now there can be several reactions when this happens here's how your gift works in this situation and we're going to start nice Okay. The person with the gift of mercy will say, oh no, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? That's mercy. The person with the gift of wisdom will say, that wasn't very smart. <laughs> Obviously, right? The pastor will say, well, that's liable to happen when you put too much food on your plate. So next time, maybe don't put Maybe don't put so much on there, and it'll be easier for you to carry. And the pastor just wants to fix stuff, right? Just wants to fix the wrong. The person with the gift of serving, the person who's gifted in service, immediately goes to find something to clean it up with. And they likely just start picking up. Oh, let me, let they immediately get up, hey, let me grab that for you. And that's what they do. The prophet will say, saw that coming. (laughs) Saw that coming. The person with the teaching gift will say, well, if you look, the you you had the plate and it was tilted, and you had uh, most of the food. It was tilted because all the food was on this side. And so, if you put the hand in, in the middle under the plate and center your food and balance it out in proportions around there, then then you won't drop your plate. And they just feel the need to explain things, right? Anybody knows somebody like that. They just want to explain and explain. By the way. Heather doesn't need that gift, okay? She has it, and so she doesn't need you to offer it to her. I learned that the hard way. (laughs) I'll never forget. I don't need you to coach me. Got it. I got it, girl. All right. We're at the table. We're still eating the pro The encourager says, hey, man, that's okay. That's okay. You could have handled that. I know it's not going to happen again. You're stud in my book, okay? And you're going to be all right. That's what the encourager would say. The person with the gift of giving will say, have my plate. Have my plate. Okay, I'll get another. You can take mine. The person with the gift of administration, those great administrative people, man, they just start giving orders. Okay, Dennis, you grab the mop. Karina, you get the plate. Okay, Heather, hey, you start wiping this up. Anna, why don't you take them and, and wash their hands, get their clothes cleaned up, right? They just start ordering everybody around. You know those people. The gift of Administration, by the way, didn't need that gift either, all right? So the gift of generosity says, I'll cover the bill. I'll cover that. I got that. I'll pay for that. That's the gift of generosity. Let me pay for that. And what I'm saying in the analogy, of I just gave you a couple examples, is that you're grace gifted. That comes naturally through, you see through that lens, right? It doesn't take you much to use it, It doesn't take anything for you to offer it. You have one of those gifts. You have one of them, if not a few of them. And there are more in that chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, I ask you to read. And so could you imagine if all of us operate like that every day? If all of us operate like that in a restaurant, we'd have the whole restaurant cleaned up and everything paid for. And that whole place would be at church the next weekend with us. That's how it would work. Now, why? Because we all see things differently differently even though we see the same thing, what happened? Everybody saw the person drop the plate, but the person, but those who were gifted in different areas helped in different ways. We all see differently, even though we're looking at the same thing. God did that, God did that. So then we can only change the world when the whole body of Christ becomes the whole body of Christ. Today, you might be in a place that you never thought you'd be. You might be in one of of the lowest of lows. You might be at the lowest of all time, and you might be at the highest of highs. You might be a place of ease right now. Whatever and wherever it is, you've come to that place for right now, and with God's help, you can accomplish something significant for heaven with the gift that he placed inside of you. One thing is for sure though, there's a very significant purpose that God has for you, and it's you specifically. I say that because we often have the tendency to think that what God gave me is insufficient, it's insignificant, and it's not that big a deal. And, and that's not the case because your divine purpose is tied to where you are right now regardless of how you got there. Regardless of where you came from or your past, your divine purpose is tied to where you are right now regardless of how you got here. And so God works everything out for good is what Romans 8 says. That's why it's important for you right now. And so today you have a divine purpose. You have a grace gift, and it's tied to how God made you and what he placed inside of you. There is something that God has for you in your exact unique position right now. And if you were not right where you are right now at this moment, you would not be able to accomplish it. It's called development, right? It's why you're here. And today you can feel confident that God's gifted you and given you everything that you need to go as you are, where you are. And I hope that analogy around sitting around the table helped you see you have something special. And so the situation you're in today may never change unless you go with what God has given you. Realize today that you are significant to God and that God has plans for you and you're significant to his plans. And that he had you in mind before he ever thought about today. God had you in mind before he ever thought about today. So the question is this. Are you willing to use the gift you have in the place you're in, in the situation you're in, to make a difference, to impact heaven, to have a spiritual impact? Could you word, word that differently, Dustin? This is real wordy. He's asked like three questions. Will you do your part so we can function at our maximum potential as the body? Will you do your part? That's what you have to answer. Here's your action steps. Think about it. Think about it, how you're gifted. The Bible says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's Ephesians chapter 5, 17. So then think about it. In thinking about it, be intentional. Don't let another day go by. Don't let another day go by without thinking about this start clarifying what God has gifted in you. While you're thinking about it, I want you to assess your abilities, right? Take a long, honest look at where you are, what you're good at, what you're not good at. What are you doing and what are you you not doing? What should you be doing? What could you be doing? What do you, what needs to be done? And how does that play into who you are and what you have? Make a list. You can create a to do list if you would like. That would really clean your life up a lot. What are the things you don't need to be doing anymore that don't fuel your fire, right? That don't flame that gift into flame. Remember, God wouldn't give you something that you cannot use. The third thing, or the second thing, you ask your friends. Ask your friends about this. Ask for their candid opinion. Tell them that you're not searching for, <laughs> you're, not, you're not searching for a compliment. You're not fishing for a compliment. You're searching for the truth. And then pray about it. Pray about it. And in September, the first week of September, that's Labor Day weekend, get plugged in, get plugged in. It's an easy weekend to get get plugged in. Get plugged in, get plugged in. So here it is. Let's recap and wrap weeks one, two, and three all today. So the whole point in going where you are is using what you have with who you have. When you do that, you're going to experience God's greatest blessings in your life. I hope you can see the whole series coming together. Now, do not miss next week. Father, thanks so much for the opportunity to share today about the gifting you've placed inside of us, about the grace gift you've given us. Lord, I ask you to help us to be diligent to pray, seek, assess. Lord, ask and pray, Lord, about how we could be used in this season. Lord, how we could be a part of what you have for us in your plan for the kingdom. Lord, I thank you for the part that I get to play I thank you for what you want to do in the face of this earth. And I just, I'm grateful that I get to be a part. So I just ask you to help other people come on with me. I love you. And I thank you for the fact that we get to gather today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word, for your love, and for us getting a chance to get better today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you need to uh, have a conversation, you got some questions, you need to pray, you, would, you think, Man, maybe I do want this Jesus guy in my life, Man, please email me. My email is dusty. At DustyOtis.com, I'd love to walk with you, talk with you, get your Bible, send you a book, resort you, pray with you, have a conversation. Whatever you need, that's why I'm here. And so please, do not hesitate to reach out, email me, let me know how I can help you. If today's message spoke to you, I would ask that you would share it, send it along, hit that share button, copy and paste, like what we're doing, like, subscribe, all those things. Check us out on the web. Next week, spoiler alert: next week, going in my gifting. Going in my gifting, took four weeks to get to this place. Don't miss next week's message now. I pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray the perception of your mind would be enlightened so you would know what is the hope of His calling for you, His purpose for you, His gifting in you, and the great things that He has in store for you. God bless you guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public servicemen and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today, God bless you.